Eye for the Keen Eye. As always, I'm here with Eric and Cobran, and today we've got another recovery story. Um, we got, we're here with Zach today. Zach, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How's it going? Oh, always good. Yeah, thanks for coming in. I know, uh, Zach, uh, we were just recording here a little bit ago, and then... Uh, uh, we heard the knock on the door, but we were recording. We had to stand him up outside, but I guess he was just uh, ended up hanging out with a friend for a little bit. So uh, glad we can glad we can record now. Currently work at PCHS, right? Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I actually somebody I came down here to say like, hey, we're gonna come in. Uh, yesterday I came down. We're gonna come in and record. Uh, or last week, I was like, we're going to come in and record on Wednesday, and somebody gave me a post-it note with your email, and they said, oh, Zach, here's his email. And then I had this post-it note today, and then I looked at this, I was like, these must be the same guys. So super stoked you're here, because they were saying that you do um, peer support, right? Yes, sir. At PCHS. So what's, what is that like? Um, our program's kind of new, okay. you know. Um, not everybody that comes in to talk to us has, like, substance abuse issues. Sure. Um, some guys just need, like, a little extra hand, you know. Cool. And um, we're just there to kind of let them know that they're they're not alone, mm-hmm. you know. They don't have to do this all by themselves. And most importantly, they're not the first guys to go through something like this, mm, yeah. you know. The guys that come into my office, I've, I've really been where they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they can see that, and it's pretty comforting to a lot of my guys. Yeah. You know? I know when you... Not to make you uncomfortable or anything, but, like, when you came in, like, just super, I mean, kind of go with the flow, laid back, and I was thinking right away, like, this is going to be a good podcast. Because the podcast that seemed to do well, pretty laid back, pretty yeah. easygoing, like, you know, man, I've been there. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, so I get what you're saying there, like, you how you kind of might give this, like, people, you said people kind of are comforted by that a little bit. Yeah, like, and we just, we meet yeah, them where we're at, you know. Totally. We, we meet them where they are, and we just kind of... Whatever works, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you say like that, they're not in this alone. You said not only substance abuse. So what do you mean when you say like not in this, like in life? Just yeah, in yeah. General some of these, some of these guys struggles. are looking at homelessness. Sure. Um, you know, they're they're in between jobs. They're you know they just need a ride to the doctor. You mm-hmm. know, one of my guys came in fresh out of prison, and uh, the only yeah. thing he needed was a ride to go get work boots. Yeah. You know, so. Um, how did, so how do a lot of people hear about, hear kind of about the services and all the help that you're able to provide? Walk-ins, word of mouth. Sure. So they walk in like for podcasts. a doctor's appointment? Yeah, podcasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah podcasts. <laughs> so so yeah. they, they come in and they say, they have like a doctor's appointment and they're like, or something, or they say like, come into the PCHS and say, hey, I need help with this. And they're like, oh, talk to Zach. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Since January. Nice, nice. And is it getting a little bit busier or just depends? It comes and it goes. Sure. You know, it slowed down when it got warmer. And yeah. I think that when it gets cold again, we'll probably see a big surge. But, yeah. you know, especially like with the homeless population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you say, you said, like, I've been there, um... You have said that you have, you were, you know, in addiction or in, in, uh, in like substance abuse and turned your life around. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, and you can start wherever you, I, yeah, wherever well, you I, I mean, 
I, uh, I started going to jail when I was 18, pretty much as soon as I was eligible, you know, that's where I was going. Yeah. And, um, it was just jails and, uh, a lot of, a lot of alcohol abuse from real young, you know, I started with booze, mm -hmm. um, graduated to weed, mixing weed with booze. Um, I turned 21 and, and the alcohol use really kicked up. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm young, right? So like, it can't be that big of a problem. I'm just yeah. living my life. Just partying. Yeah. yeah, I'm just having I mean, fun, all your right? Are. And um, the party stopped, and I didn't, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, that was a regular thing: drink till five, six in the morning, go back to the liquor store at eight a.m., you know. Um, and then I found harder drugs: amphetamines, opiates. Um, I'd go to the dentist; they pull my teeth. You know, I'd trade my, my, my teeth for pills, you yeah. know, and, um, yeah. and it just never would stop, right? And um, in and out of jail. And then eventually, like, uh, I kind of correlated the fact that, uh, you know, when I get intoxicated, I go to jail, right? Yeah. And so, like, I just had to figure out how do I stop going to jail? And I was able to stop going to jail, right? Like, I quit committing crimes, but, like, I could never stop using. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was able to build some semblance of a life for myself, like going to work, you know? Like, I would always come to work hungover or drunk or yeah, whatever. But, yeah. like, I was able to do something for myself, but, yeah. like, I just couldn't stop using. Yeah. yeah. You know? And um, I went to rehab the first time in Juneau. Um, 30 days. Is that a, called the Rainforest? Yeah, Rain, that that's called? Rainfor okay. Rainforest Recovery Center. It's yeah. ran by Bartlett Regional Hospital. Okay. Um, went there for 30 days to kick a booze problem, right? Yeah. Came back and I was smoking weed the first day I got back. You yeah. know, like I just couldn't seem to get a hold of it. Yeah. You know, until I was suicidal, drunk, you know, contemplating shooting myself. Yeah. And, and I didn't want to live like that anymore. I could hear my kids. I got four little kids and they're in the house and they're laughing and they're playing and and I'm drunk on the porch, and I could just hear them, and I still didn't care. Yeah. You know, and I knew that that's when something had to change. I had to do something different, mm -hmm. you know. And so I walked to the hospital, and then uh, a friend who I knew was in recovery picked me up from the hospital, and they helped me come here to the Serenity House Intake Office, okay. mm -hmm. you know. And then that's when I thought maybe I could do something different, Yeah. yeah. you know. And so I checked into treatment, and it's no big secret that um, I did not stay the full 30 days like recommended. I left at day 15. Sure, why? Um, I just, just like, I'd, nah. I'd been in treatment or jail or some form of probation, some type of outpatient, you know, since I was 18. You were, yeah. And, and how I old just, were you then? I was 27. Yeah, so almost 10 years. Of just 10 years of checking in with the man, check. going to group, going yeah. to group. Yeah. And I just was like, you Over. know what? I knew where I was going to end up. You know, after treatment, there's an aftercare, right? And yeah. then we do something about a spiritual condition, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I used 12-step uh, meetings. I knew that's where I'd end up in a 12-step fellowship. And so I just jumped in. Yeah. You know, I left treatment and I went to the 8 a.m. meeting. You know, different I didn't want to be in treatment. Than the 8 a.m. liquor store. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, like, I didn't want to be in treatment, but but I didn't want to use. I wanted to be clean, but I didn't want to be in treatment. Yeah, you yeah. didn't want to check in, check you know, out, go to group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure. so I just had to find something different, and I was able to get a sponsor and work steps and, and create a routine for myself, right? Like, my sponsor would pick me up in the morning, mm -hmm. and we'd go from the 8 a.m. meeting to work. And then we take a break and go to the noon meeting. 
and we go back to work and then I hit an evening meeting and I did that for months and months and months. Wow. You were all in, man. Yeah, you know, I was all in. Yeah. It seems like I kind of know what it took though cuz like you said, you know, you were in treatment in jail and you know, in all these different programs and you like you said you always knew where you're going to end up. And then eventually once you get your sponsor, it sounds like you kind of really made that investment for yourself finally, where you're finally just like, man, I am actually going to jump all the way in. Like, this time, I know where I'm going to end up, but I'm going to end up somewhere better than where I ended up last time. Like, I'm going to end up somewhere where I want to be versus right. that just genuine ultimatum of, well, I'm going back to jail, you know, whatever. Right. Like, and I didn't want to go to jail, and, like, I couldn't kill myself, right? So it's like, what what's there left to do? I either get sick and die or get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what there is. You yeah. either do something about it, and get better, or I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, there was really no in between for me. Yeah. And so like I had to do something different. And if you're like I'm gonna die, I may as well give this whole getting better a shot. Right. Before that happens. And when I got it here, crazy, but you would think that. You when know? I got here, it's specifically in this room right yeah. over there. There was a the first group I attended was a, like art therapy before yeah. they let me into rehab. Yeah. And um, that was just broken. Right, I was just broken, yeah, and everybody yeah. looked at me, and they were like, "You need help, bro." Sure. Yeah. And I was so so broken, and um, and then I checked into the treatment center, and I come back to this room for outpatient groups, right? Yeah. And um, I just I remember that feeling of being so broken, and I was in this room, and I couldn't see anything in front of me. I'd sit with my hood up and my head down, right? I couldn't look anybody in the eye. I couldn't, like, there was no full sentences happening for me, and and if there was, it was just despair, disdain, you know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Oh, so solemn, you know? And to come back here two years later, you know, and it'd be totally different, and I'm in this room, and, and uh, it's just... For lack of a better word, it's kind of a trip. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, totally, man. And and if you would have told me then that I'd be here now doing this today, like yeah. I wouldn't have believed you, not one bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, how do you how do you stay clean for two years? How do you do this for two years? How do you how do you stay clean for six months? You yeah. know, I couldn't stay clean for thirty days. Yeah, you know how do you do that? You know, and it's you- one day at a time, right? Like, I just put one foot in front of the other, and I just live today. You know what I mean? And well, how do you get two years? Is you, you do it consecutively every day for two years. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know? And I think that those first couple days, or even before the first couple days, the initial asking for help, I have a problem. You know, that's the hardest part of the whole bit, admitting that I need some yeah. help. A lot of people can't even do that. Right. You know, they're filled with shame, or they don't know where to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or is my family going to support me? Or what's going to happen to my kids? Mm-hmm. I can't go to detox. I have kids. I'll lose my job. I'll lose my apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this fear involved, and so people they just don't go. Yeah. You know. Do you think that structure that you had? Uh, with going to the meetings and then going to work, do you think that really helped you overcome that apathy, or did that happen with time? I mean, you care now, but then you didn't really care. Maybe a mixture of both, right? But the fact of the matter is, is is a man who was 57 years old and had been clean and sober for 30 years Mm -hmm. reached his hand out to me and said, let's go. Mm -hmm. I'll come pick you up. You don't have a car? I'll come get you. You need something to do? Come paint this fence, right? You know, and I just didn't really understand the point, right? The fence painting, 
but my hand's moving, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not putting dope or liquor into my pie hole, and yeah. I'm just painting this fence. It's the Danielson. Yes, Danielson, yeah. yes. So I'm just painting the fence, right? <laughs> and he's got me on this wax on, wax off thing. <laughs> yeah. and, he's, and he's filling my head with this this new knowledge, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he teaches me a new routine and a skill, and for eight hours... I'm not getting high, right. you know what I mean? And I'm not getting drunk. And then at the end of the eight hours, we go to another meeting, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I'm filling my time. It's what do I do with my hands? Yeah. What yeah. do I do with my hands? It's like uh, people that smoke cigarettes for a long time, you know what I mean? It's you like, I'm the, just you took don't the have words something out, in your mouth. You took yeah. the words out of my mouth because I quit smoking cigarettes, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 17 days ago. Wow. Right? I'm two years clean, and I'm like, okay, now we're going to tackle the cigarette thing. Yeah, and This is wow. the most difficult thing Dude. I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. And it's, what do I do with my hands? And right. I'm still, I'm compulsively eating sunflower seeds. It's just sure. like, you know, um, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. And so it's, it's retraining my brain, you know. Oh, I ate. Let's go smoke. No, I ate. No, I don't, I don't have to go outside. I'm breaking a habit, too, yeah. you see. it's yeah. We're forming healthier habits. Yeah. When we learn to go to meetings and we learn to call somebody, we learn to do something a little different, right? You know, so I'm learning, you know. I yeah. don't have to go smoke. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the same thing. So has that structure gradually decreased? I mean, do you still go to meetings uh, with the same frequency? Or? My routine is different, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I'm doing something different. I'm somewhere different than I was two years ago. You yeah, know, my, totally. My recovery is evolving, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, as you evolve, it evolves a little bit. Yeah, and I was yeah. going to so many meetings in early recovery, it was all I ever did, you know, yeah. noon, noon meeting with my sponsor, you know, take a break, noon meeting. Um, yeah. And now it's different, you yeah. know. I'd, I'd hit an evening meeting, and then if you really want to know the truth, I got tired of going to meetings. Sure. Yeah. You know. And that's a lot. Right? It's a lot, it's and it's time. an hour a day, and I can. I got other things to do. I got a life now. I'm not getting high. I got to go to work. I do this. Yeah. My kids and my old lady, and I want to do this, that, and the other. Well, like, if I'm not taking care of my spiritual condition, and if I'm not giving back and being a part of, right, then I'm liable to go right back where I came yeah, from. Yeah. And then you don't. So you're not gonna be I doing recommitted to you know at two years clean. Uh, recommitted. They talk about 90 meetings and 90 days in early recovery. And it's to form a habit, right? Yeah. Did we go to a meeting? We go to a meeting. Well, so I recommitted to 90 meetings in 90 days at two years clean. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. Because I didn't want to be there, or I don't like the people yeah. there, or I already know, or it's I this, or I that. Things, like if you're not progressing, you're regressing. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I get this stinking thinking, like, I don't want to be there, I don't care, da, 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 yeah. da. And I'm like, I got to reframe and re-engage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe and not, maybe it's not for me. That's what I was about to say. Like not to be like rude, but you know, there sounds like you know you said there's a 57 year old person there with mm-hmm. 20, 30 years clean, right? 30, you said, yeah. right? That was like, I'm gonna help you out. Right. I mean, maybe now it's kind of like you're that. I mean, you're not 30, but I mean, it's right. years. But it's you got a couple. You got a you right. know you know a lot to of. To I got maybe something it's, to give maybe back it's not today. About you right you know. now, you know. Yeah. Right, but don't get it wrong, man. But then like, it still I gotta helps go you. Sometimes. I, no, I mean, it yeah. still helps you, too. When I'm losing my yeah, <laughs> that's what I know to do, is to yeah. go to a meeting, Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because I'm not cured, right? Like, I just have today. Yeah. I, just, I might have two years clean, but, like, t- I have today, and that's mm-hmm. all I have. Yeah. yeah. You know, I live my life 
24 hours at a time today. Yeah. I don't stress too much on three months from now. And, and, you know, it's not to say I don't have goals, Yeah. but I'm not spinning out on what we're going to do on the 27th of December. Yeah. Cause I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not there. Point. I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. It'll come. Yeah. Just worry about today right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's so much just like, uh, this last episode we recorded, there was so much like about kind of giving up control and I was like, just like, it sounded like you're holding up a mirror to like, you know, so I'm like, dang, man, like, cause she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I didn't want to be thinking like this or behaving like this about giving up control. And I'm thinking like, man, I don't want to do that anymore either. <laughs> you know, like some extent of just like, you know, letting some things go and everything like, and then you say like, you know, this whole idea of like, I'm going to, you know, kind of for today kind of gig and like, I'm, you know, I have goals, but I'm also not going to, as you said, spin out about the 27th of December, like, there's so much, like, as we've done more and more podcasts, that is just, like, man, I think everybody, what this woman said last time was, like, I think everybody needs to do some steps, you know, just adults, you know, but, like, it seems like some of these recovery story podcasts that we're hearing, like, some of the, like, best, like, living life stuff, like, has come out of, like, really plugging into these programs and really, like, you know, going to these meetings and giving up this control, so, like, I don't know. I, maybe that's just kind of a rabbit well, a, trail, but no, we just no, keep hearing such cool things, No, because things, man. You're, you're not too far off base, right? Like the 12 steps. I yeah. don't care if it's AA, NA. They got like Gambling Anonymous or like, you know, Sex Addicts Anonymous that, you know, doesn't matter. It's the same 12-step formula, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily about liquor or dope or gambling, food, sex, whatever. It's, it's, it's a design for living, right? Yeah, that's what it seems like. You know, these people who have gone through these, like, programs of, like, how to live your life, like, they got a better, like, as we hear this stuff today, like, this is how I live my life. I'm like, dang, like, I could use some of that. Like, yeah. I could use some of this. Like, and then I meet, because not everybody in my life and not everybody at my job or people I see in the community, not everybody's working a 12-step program. Right, right. And I need to remember that. Yeah. You know? And especially people who are abstinent or they're in their own type of recovery, whatever they're doing, and they're not using, they're better in themselves. Not everybody uses the 12-step model. They just don't. Yeah, you know, and I need to remember that, especially at my job. Not everybody mm -hmm. works a twelve-step right. program. Yeah, and in my head, sometimes it gets so frustrated. I'm like, "Will you just get a problem so you can get a program?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe dude. you could deal with this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not, not everybody's there, you know. Right. Sure. Right. And, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I just accept them for where they're at. You know. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things uh, you've said that kind of relates to a lot of these other stories we're doing is <clears throat> a lot of people seemingly that we've talked to when they're going through recovery, <clears throat> they have a lot of these characteristics about how, how they feel while they're spending their time. When they're in an addiction, it feels like they feel spend a lot of their time feeling shameful and feeling like they're kind of trapped and trying to have control but not actually in control and then when they start you know taking these steps and doing these things they get more liberated and they start thinking a different way and replacing these feelings with joy and pride and things they can in building blocks for a better life you know and like you said like you were there doing the Mr. Miyagi thing you're painting houses and that's one of those things where at the end of eight hours when you were using at the end of eight hours you know you're like man I've been high all day I gotta get high again Whereas when you're done, you know, painting that fence, you're like, man, I didn't get high today. That's a good thing to be proud of. And this fence looks good. 
Yeah. That's something to be proud of. So you're still kind of replacing those sour emotions with something just a little more purposeful and something a little just that make you happier, a little more happiness, bringing, bringing happiness into your life. Right. Like kind of, it's kind of something you kind of tie into your job now, you know, when it comes to being a peer supporter, like you try to give people a little direction as to a sense of purpose and something they can be proud of. I think a sense of purpose, man, I think that's what everybody's looking for, right? right? It's like, that's why there's the age-old question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> yeah. You know, but nobody ever says, like, I want to be a dope fiend. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be, you know, I want to sit in front of a liquor store at 8 o'clock in the morning. Wait for a moment. Nobody says that, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, like, we, we, we do those things. But, like, when we stop, right, like, like a purpose, mm-hmm. like, to really have a purpose, like, what do I do, you know? Yeah. My purpose today is, is how can I be helpful, mm-hmm. you know? my number one purpose is to be of service to, you know, to God and those about me, you know, how can I be helpful to you? Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, man, like people, sometimes they don't even know that they need help. Yeah. You know, until you ask them, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. How can I be helpful? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, Oh, wait a minute. Well, I guess. Wait, maybe I do need some help, you know? Mm -hmm. And the reality of the matter is, is, Oftentimes, we all need a little extra help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, even if it's not some big crazy thing, yeah. help me fill out a paperwork so I can go to rehab. You know, that's right. that's pretty extreme. But you know, sometimes that's what it takes. But sometimes it's just you know, I just need a ride. Can you just hold the door? You know, yeah. can you just hold this? And and in my job, like with my line of work, you know, sometimes it's just I need help to make a phone call. Yeah. I have extreme anxiety and I need to make an appointment. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I'm not out here saving the world and finding homeless people homes and getting everybody into rehab. I'm not. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just helping them make a phone call or mm-hmm. p- providing access. You don't have a phone? Here, you can use this phone and you can do it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's those small things that add up to something real big, right? Yeah. yeah. If everybody kind of did... I mean, I think what when you say like that you're helping people out and everything, and sometimes they don't know how to ask for help or that they don't know that help is really available. I think one thing you're kind of doing is, in small but significant ways, kind of like building I don't know some basic trust for them, like like I don't know, like that they can not to be ridiculous, but kind of just trust their neighbors, you know, trust like their fellow people, like. Hey, you know, if I need some help, like, there might be some there, you know? Kind of restore um, that faith in humanity, that there is people that are out here willing to help me. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you hear a lot of, like, you hear a lot of trauma, or you hear a lot of trauma stories, or, uh, you know, some, like, things that have happened that it's like, hey, I thought these people, like, I could trust them, I thought I could trust them, I thought they'd be there for me, and they weren't, you know? And that kind of, like, it creates this framework that, like, people aren't there for me, I can't trust people. And that's pretty big. I bet a lot of the population, you know, that you're working with has has some, like, framework that says, like, uh, the people I thought that were going to be there for me haven't been. You know, the people that said they would do these things for me haven't. And, like, you're kind of like, hey, when I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. If you need help, like, I'm here for you. You know, that's, like, seemingly small stuff, but can really build, like, some significant framework repair, it seems like. Right, and we're here to do that. Like, uh, like oftentimes... When people come to my office or they come to me for help, right, um, 
when they're talking to somebody across a desk, it's never good for them, right? Mm -hmm. They're talking yeah. to a doctor, they're mm -hmm. talking to a judge, a PO, a lawyer, you know, and it's hammer time. You're in yeah. trouble. We're going, you know, it's nothing good really comes from yeah. it. They don't have good experiences. And sometimes, right, they come to my office and they say, oh, you're going to come talk to this guy. And they walk in, right? I got cool artwork on the wall. Yeah. Right. And I'm sitting across <laughs> the table and I'm wearing a flannel, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. covered in tattoos. Mm -hmm. And I got Bart Simpson on my little key tag, right? <laughs> and they're looking at me and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, this isn't like anything I've ever, maybe I can, you mm -hmm. know, and it's because I look like them. We talk the same. We've really been to those same places. And so it helps me build the rapport, right? And I say, let's go. We're going to walk out of these woods together, mm -hmm. right? you and me. I'm not going to do anything for you, yeah. but I'm going to show you how. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it works. Yeah. It's something that's believable mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. them, yeah. you know. Do you think it's the the fact that they kind of get the idea that you're not going to judge them because you've been there? Or is it just the fact that you've been through similar experiences? Like what? Both. Absolutely both. both. Yeah. You know, and it's not just substance abuse issues, right? right? Mm -hmm. You know, once upon a time, I was far, far behind in child support, you know, yeah. with no hope of ever getting out of that hole. They took my driver's license, they, you know, the whole bit. And, and over time, I was able to take care of that, you know. I take care of my kids and I and I pay this debt off, right? Right. And and then they close the child support cases. I no longer have that monkey on my back and they give me a driver's license back, right? Yeah. And and I really went through that. And one of my guys yeah. says, Oh, I'm so far behind, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never I said, Well, wait a minute. You know, there's some hope here. And yeah. I did this and I'll show you how. Yeah. And I did, and now he's making the payment and doing the same thing. He's on the same road for the same thing. You know, like I said, it's not just substance abuse issues. Yeah. You know, I'm just, we're just trying to help. Yeah, anybody who's struggling with anything. Right. You mm -hmm. are not alone. You are not the only person who has ever had this problem before, yeah. believe me. Yeah. You know. And you, you seem to, to have a, a pretty cut and dried um, kind of approach to how you dealt with it. What what kind of emotions did you have to deal with? Or was it really kind of more of a logic thing? It's like, well, either I die or I get better. And here, I just need to take it one step at a time, and then you just work through that. Well, like I'm a critical thinker, right? Like I'm a thinker. Like, okay, right. I'm a diary, I'm a this, right? Right, I right. Didn't, I didn't come up with that idea on my own either. Somebody told me that. Yeah. Sure. You know what I mean? You're just like, that makes and sense. Right. And so, like, a lot of people, they like to... Um, theorize or romanticize this 12-step process and oh recovery so healing and i found all this immense freedom immediately and can i speak freely yeah, yeah and i'm like that <laughs> this hurts yeah, yeah. you know what i mean man. like i'm kicking a dope habit okay now that that's gone i'm rewiring dishonesty problems and i'm rewiring the way that i treat people and i'm learning to look at this and I don't always like what I find when I yeah. look at myself, right? Yeah. You know, because I'm a flawed human, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, I'm dishonest and I like to abuse people and I've been a shady thief for my whole life. Oh, no. You know, that hurt to look at that, yeah. right? And a lot of people, like I said, they just romanticize the growth process. And I'm doing so well. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? This hurts. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, so there's been a lot of emotion involved. You know, it's not all cookies and cakes and rainbows. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not. And I'm a human being and I'm flawed and I hurt sometimes real bad, mm -hmm. you know. 
like uh, just to be open and honest about the whole thing, you know. I think I had 11 months clean, and I'm, I'm screaming at the sky, you know, God, take this away from me. I was so irritated and so frustrated, and, and I was punching the hood of my truck, and I'm just like, please, 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 you know, take this away. Take this pain from me right now. You know, like, yeah. and, and other people are just like, oh, it's so great and wonderful and everything. And I'm like, ugh, you know, so there's been some really serious emotion with this mm -hmm. whole thing. Like, you know, the books I read on it tell me I have a spiritual sickness, you know, and, and I'm overcoming a spiritual malady and a dope habit and, and learning a new way to live and, and fixing the, the wrongs of my past and all that, like. Doesn't really sound all that. Fun. Doesn't sound like a vacation. No, 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 way. no. This is a this is a walk. Sounds like some hard labor. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. It is interesting that you say that. Um, you know, I've thought like you know people are, they don't want to feel. They have this fear, and they're using you know so they don't have to feel as much. So they you know don't have to like be as afraid as much as some people have said. You know, I didn't fear the world anymore when I would use crystal meth. I wouldn't fear anymore. You know, and so then you take that away, and not only do you have all this baggage from from years and years of use, but I've, I've said this in a podcast before, but I was thinking about it the other day, um, and it was that, you know, the addict thinks that he can use, you know, let that be like a tornado, and then walk, and then stop using, so a tornado roars for years of use, and then you walk out of the house, and it's like, oh, well, I'm done using, there's not, like, massive cities of mess, right? But that's not true. Like, this tornado has made a complete mess. And I used to think, like, okay, so you got legal problems, you got financial problems, you got relationship problems, but really, it seems to me, as I hear more and more stories, that that is not, like, it's not necessarily these practical and, like, tangible things. It's much more, like, your inner personal, like, as you said, a spiritual malady, but, like, that's that inner personal, like, not necessarily problems, but like some really hard things to clean up. It's not like, oh, I got to, because you can clean up your legal stuff. I mean, you might have some felonies, like people might have felonies and those are, I'm not downplaying those, but, and you might have like some financial problems and those are going to be hard, right? I mean, you're going to have to work around that. You're going to have to get a job, but like, it seems like those are all, you know, one, three, five years, those can get taken care of, you know, but like these inner personal, like wow, this is like, these are the hard parts of me. These are the hard feelings that I haven't felt before. Those are seem to be that like things that you like, you're consistently having to clean or to build up. And I mean, those seem harder and like much more long lasting than like paying. I, I'm not downplaying the child support, but you can pay that off in, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years. That's a long time. But like these hard parts of your inner core, like, man, when I look at myself, like, sometimes I don't like what I see. Like that feels, that sounds like really pain. That sounds like pain. Absolutely. You know, and, and we can change. Right. right. Like, uh, like they talk about sobering up a horse thief, right? Well, what happens if you sober up a horse thief? What do you have? You just have a sober horse thief. Sure. You yeah. know, wow. and I had to stop being a horse thief. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could not drink and not use all day long for probably long periods of time. And if you're doing things like, then what do you, you know what I mean? So like, it's not just about, you know, putting the liquor and the dope down. 
Sure. You know, that's just the beginning. What what we're shooting for here is a change in behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't lie and cheat and steal anymore. Yeah. You know, but the problem is, is we're just human beings. Like yeah. sometimes I fall short. I'm not out there robbing the bank and committing murder. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, I do slip up from time to time. Yeah. You know, I tell this story about a couple of days, maybe the day after I got out of Serenity House, I. Uh, I was paying for some food and I was buying a couple of things at the store and the lady rang me up and she forgot to ring up my chicken from the deli. Mm-hmm. And the old me would have been like, oh, cool, free chicken. Right and on, now yeah. we got $5 for some beer. Like, And it's not even my fault. And it's not, ring it up. And it's a win, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, hey, wait a minute. You didn't, and this is all so foreign and it's so agonizing. And I'm like, you didn't ring up my chicken. Yeah. And she says, what? Like, she doesn't care. Like, why do I care? And I said, no, ma'am, like, this is really important to me that you please ring this up. Yeah. And she's looking at me like, I'm crazy. She's like, yeah. bro, it's just some chicken, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like, who cares? I'm skirt like, out of here. This I'm popcorn like, chicken is like, $3.99, dude. Get out yeah. of my face. But I care. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like, and I'm why learning. Do you care and I'm, so much? I'm learning to care, yeah. right? Yeah. And then another wow. time at the same store, the sold out in a Safeway, I dropped, or I didn't, somebody dropped a $20 bill. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, money on the ground? Yeah. And I'm like, I picked it up and I want to put it in my pocket and I like call my sponsor and I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, and this is after I went and I tried to return it to the clerk. I'm like, I found $20 on the ground. It doesn't belong to me. Like, what do I do? And he's like, if I put it in my till, I get fired. If I put it in my pocket, I get fired. You're the only one that's not out if you put it in your pocket. You know, I'm like, well, what, what do I do? I, I've, you know, I feel guilt when I find mm-hmm. things like that, you know. And I'm like, before it was free game, it's free reign, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I don't care about anything. I care about me and my pocket and my stomach and if I'm getting loaded or not. That's mm-hmm. all I care about, you know? And now it's, I'm growing a conscience, if you will. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. Making a big deal out of free chicken and $20 on the ground. Yeah. yeah. You know? Those yeah. seem like pivotal moments, though. They seem they little, do. They but do. those are huge, man. You know what I mean? Because you got to make that decision. Yeah, like you said, you know, to get thirty years clean, you got to start with two years. You know, you got to start right there. You got to start with those decisions, with taking that one step forward. You know, not just pocketing that twenty bucks and not and asking her to ring back up your chicken. Like that's that's just a little example of a big. thing. And know what sucks too, dude, is that you. So so you're like, oh, because I've had this thing before, like. I not it's like a chicken thing but kind of like you know I can get away with this it wouldn't be a problem but then you you get away with it and you still feel bad and then you have to wonder like was that even worth it you know like cuz that's happened to me I'm like oh dude like like this 20 bucks like this whatever like no one's ever going to know like yeah. and then so you do make the stupid choice or like that like instinctual choice and I've you know I've been like yep this is mine, I guess, today. And then, like, for the next two weeks, you're like, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. And then you're like, dude, I've literally sweated about 20 bucks for, like, five hours. Like, I could have got the lowest-paying job in the U.S. and made 20 bucks by now with the amount of time that I've sweated over this, you know? It's right. like, oh, it's just like a double, yeah, just like a double-edged sword on that, too. Because you're like, oh, I could have had that free chicken, man. And then after you eat that chicken, you're, you're eating that chicken, you're like, I should have paid for this, yeah. <laughs> you know? Dude. <laughs> But so yeah, I mean, well, but you it, don't see that when you're in that choice. You're like, dude, free chicken. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? Right. But, I mean, even if there are no consequences, I mean, because that's still a thing. Even guilt is something. But if you felt no guilt and you didn't care, it's about, I think it's about that character, which is kind of like what you do when no one's watching. Exactly. It's a very yeah. personal thing. Exactly. It's like, well, it doesn't matter if I well, feel right, that or then. don't. It's right. like, what is the principle? Like, sure. what, what do I believe? Yeah. And that right. actually, that brings us back to our last podcast even, too, you know, because it was one of those things that um, Danielle mentioned, you know, was kind of just being honest and truthful with yourself and constantly seeking the truth, not your twisted idea of the truth, you know, not your justification of the truth, but the actual truth. And so when you're done doing whatever you're doing, when you did it truthfully, you actually don't have to look yourself in the mirror and be ashamed. You're like, man, I actually, like, you can replace that feeling. You can be proud of yourself. Like, you get to be proud of yourself, and you get to be alive in that. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I mean, is that freeing? Like, what's that feel like? You know, especially after being the other way for so long. Like, what is that emotion, you know, to kind of get you to romanticize a little bit for us? It's like, uh, I feel like, like with the chicken thing and, and uh, you know, whatever types of like progressive honesty right because i'm learning it was sure. a learning curve to like not be a, a liar and so like i'm i'm finally paying my bills on time and i'm you know i'm i'm just all that you know being a real adult right mm -hmm. and it's like after all this time i'm not doing that and all of a sudden i'm doing it and like i want a reward right yeah i want a reward for doing what i'm supposed to do the whole time yeah i read this thing oh, yeah. and it Someone's said like oh you you paid your bills on time and you you know you didn't steal something and you yeah. you rang like welcome to be in the like the rest of the world, bro. Like, what do you want? Yeah. yeah. I read this thing, dude, on a, in an NA book one time. And it said, it said, it said, well, leave it to the addict to think that he, that after running out of a burning building, that he should be congratulated, you know, like, right. Okay, dude, you ran out of a burning building. Like, great. You know, Yeah. like, what do you want? Yeah. Like, that's what we all do, you know? Right. Yeah. And I'm just now like, you know, it's not, my second nature to, to do these things, mm -hmm. right? Like what seems like a, you know, you hear about, um, like you go to an AA meeting and, and uh, somebody talks about how they got their license back yeah. and everybody gives them like this big yeah. round of applause. Yeah. It's like, because those people really know. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. All, I'm off felony probation and the room just erupts. They're yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, normal people are like, and? shouldn't have been on felony probation to begin with you know yeah. and it's like you know I, but i was yeah, and now yeah. i'm off i'm off so if you could just clap we yeah. appreciate it right yeah. but some of these people they yeah. really do understand yeah you know? and it's like yeah. it is a big deal we celebrate like that yeah. in mm -hmm. recovery people getting their license back people getting their kids back yeah you yeah know, that's huge that yeah. is so huge and thank god like my kids never got taken i've mm -hmm. never had OCS involvement or any kind of, you know, managed to kind of skirt that. But, mm -hmm. you know, some of these families get torn apart, right? And, mm -hmm. and these women, they really do. It's worth talking about, you know. I know this is like my little block or whatever, but like this is what I got to say. And I'm going to give a big shout out to these women who, who get their kids back and they really do turn their lives around, mm -hmm. you know. I think it's awesome. It's the yeah. most miraculous, yeah. beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, the reunification of families, yeah. like that's, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Those people deserve serious respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
people say, even if you look, if you isolate it from the fact that, yeah, maybe you put yourself in that situation, but that doesn't mean it made it any easier to get out. Right. Like, just because you're still there, it doesn't matter how you got there, it's the steps you take to get out. That's still going to take so much. Yeah, I heard uh, in the waiting room, this guy was like, uh, just today, he was talking to somebody else, so maybe I shouldn't even say this, but whatever. I was totally (laughs) eavesdropping, dude. But I heard him, he's he's like, man... For me to get my license back, they want me to do a year of outpatient. I'm like thinking, bro, a year of outpatient (laughs) to get your license? Dude, if I did a year of anything to get something, I'd be like, if you could clap for this, I'd appreciate it, you know? Right. Like, dude, that's a a lot of work. And I imagine that's all, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, not super uncommon. Right. I mean, that's forever. Do you set, like, personal rewards? I mean, I know you have, like, the groups, but... Do you do you have to kind of reward yourself for like decisions that you make in your head? You're just like, you know, that was the right one. Cause I mean, it's tough. Even when you are honest, you're like, well, I could have spent that twenty dollars on something, or you. Yeah. It's like you're almost kicking yourself for doing the right thing. And then you could even justify it, like you could have bought, you know, food or like something for your kids with that twenty dollars and justify it. That's what it I was that trying way. to say, and you, you guys know? shamed me about it and was like, it's just the principle, bro. So yeah. I think you guys just need to chill out on that. I'm just joking. <laughs> but I was just saying that, and you're like, oh, dude, it's just the principle. Well, no, I was just saying that, that guilt isn't... Because is, if you're trying to avoid... Oh, justification being gets pain. rid of guilt, man. Like, you know what no, I mean? yeah, I get it. Yeah. Eventually, maybe it'll just start amplifying it, though, right? <laughs> like, we just justify for our whole lives, right? I justify yeah. my use, yeah. and I justify my use, or just one more time, or just for this, or just, 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 right? Yeah. yeah. And I just myself into a... Oh, I'm alone and I'm sick and I'm broken and I'm drunk and I'm lost and I'm mm, poor yeah. and I'm destitute. You know, I just, just, just one more, just one more into just, just, just. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You always hear that line about like the ostrich that buries its head in the sand, right? You mm-hmm. guys know about that? Yeah, um, yeah. An ostrich when it can you tell us? It just an ostrich will bury its head in the sand, right? Yeah. When it gets freaked out. Yeah. And they just they just freeze and they stick their head in the sand hoping it all goes away, you know, and and I did that that was me on drugs for yeah. years. You yeah, know what I mean I'm I'm just drunk as f- with my head in the sand and and I just don't care. I can't see nothing. My yeah. head's in the bottle, right? Yeah. While yeah. the whole time there's life going on all around me, you know. Yeah. And and then the pop of pulling your head out and you're like, oh. That's kind of the recovery process, right? Like we're able to we pull our head out of the sand a little bit and we're like, oh no, we have a mess to clean up now, you know. And thank God we don't have to do it by ourselves, yeah. you know. But it's kind of like that, that sound. I don't know if you guys have ever had it. The pop that happens, it's a deafening pop when you pull your head out of your ass. Bam! <laughs> I was to say, like, bro, I don't know if I've ever heard this pop. Okay, all right. It's deafening pop. Yeah, oh, I heard, head, I heard the pop in his meniscus tore once. That was pretty gross. Right. <laughs> it's probably pretty similar. Um, and then it's like, oh, no, you know, it's, you know, in recovery, we learn to, like, deal with these problems, right? It's like the, the mail, right? A lot of drug addicts get mail at their mom's house. That's mm-hmm. That was me for a long time. My dad got my mail forever, and he'd call, and he'd be like, you got these child support bills? Got these child support bills? And I'd always say the same thing. I'd say, throw them in the trash. Yeah. Just throw them away. I'll throw them in the later. sand, man. Throw them in the, right. Yeah. And just throw them in the trash. Throw them in the trash. Just because I'm not looking at it doesn't mean it's not accumulating or there's not a problem, right? Right. And so 
for years he'd throw these and then he gave them to me once in a big box mail from child support and I'm like you son of a <laughs> I said throw them away yeah. and, and so I finally look at the most recent one it says like $15,000 or some shit. I'm just like I better call these people yeah Better call them. They're yeah. gonna start taking my wages. That's when I start to care, right? When yeah. it's in my front I mean, yard, but, yeah. yeah. You know, when it's on my lap, then I care. Yeah. You know, it's taking food out of my mouth. Yeah. And now I care about it. Mm -hmm. And so, oh no, what are we gonna do here? Please help me. Please help me. Please help me. They said there ain't no help, dude. You sh you should have responded a long time ago, right? And so they we were able to find some type of whatever. But, you know, once I started to care and once I started to look at it and be willing to look at it, that's when I was able to do something about it, you know. Mm -hmm. I threw the mail in the trash forever hoping it would go away, and it didn't. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah. What do you think? I think uh, one of the biggest struggles people have is just starting, just starting on that road to recovery. Because um, once you get kind of the inertia going, I, I assume it gets a little easier. But oh, oh, like uh, like maybe it's easier to stay clean than it is to get clean. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. You know, the first yeah. couple of days, like I can't stop using. You know, a lot of people, some people need to go to detox. They need to be medically yeah. detoxed mm -hmm. and under supervision with a locked door and a nurse and a, you know what I mean or whatever it takes. I don't know if they lock the door, but you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't want yeah. that to scare anybody, but sure. you you get the point. Like they have to be supervised. You know, yeah. don't use. You know. Oh, you can't stop using. Right. We're gonna stick you in a treatment center for like thirty days and give you a little spin dry, get you some education, get you pointed in the right direction, mm -hmm. get you lined out of some therapy, maybe yeah. some medication, yada yada yada. And getting into those is huge because detox can be dangerous at a certain point. Right. And so, as far as like, uh, is it easier to get clean or stay clean? Like, like I haven't used for going on, I don't know, seven hundred and some odd days. You know, two years. Mm -hmm. is is not even all that long but but um those first couple days you know white knuckling it do i go to the liquor store do I this my mind's talking to me like i'm you know i'm on the fence you know i haven't had a drink in four days is this what i really want to do mm -hmm. you know like well i haven't had a drink in a week but i'm going to treatment so i better eat some percocet before i go you know Obviously. like like you know that just made sense to mm -hmm. me right yeah. like so, like, I couldn't even stop on my own, even if I was trying to stop yeah. on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I had to have some type of help. Like, to get clean is, is the hardest thing that anybody could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kicking a dope habit, like, it's hard to kick the habit. Once we remove the habit, then we can really start on the rest of the work, you know. Yeah. But, but to <clears throat> stop, ooh, that's why I, t I tell some guys, I'm like, do you believe that you could stop? And they're like, I don't know. Like, do you believe that you could stop and stay stopped? And they're like, that's f crazy. Yeah. You know, it is it is easier to stay stopped. Right. You know. Yeah. But to stop, uh, I would never want to do it again. Yeah. You know. We've actually, we've seen that before. We had another recovery story. You know, she said the two things she thinks about when those um Mm. use thoughts come back into her mind you know what i mean there's those, those habituals like when you go through this this is how i cope but she says the two things that keep her from going back to that coping mechanism is well first of all same thing ocs took her kids she got her kids back big deal right and her detox because she said she literally detoxed for like three weeks you know yeah well, she detoxed off suboxone and she yeah. said it was just the worst thing of her 
entire life. Worst physical, mental, emotional She also emotional had watched pain. her uh, newborn detox mm-hmm. as well. And so yeah. part of that, like, when she thinks of starting up again, she thinks of having to stop again. Yeah. And, like, having to, thinking of having to try to stop again is, like, powerful enough to stay stopped. You know, because, like, you're, you're saying, it's just, like, so incredibly challenging. From yeah, so we're already many. stopped. We don't need to start yeah, again and restop and all I'm that. Not trying to stop again. We're yeah. just here. We just already done stopped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We stopped. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're there. Well, like you do that. not want to put the brakes on again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. You no, know, that makes sense. So, before we wrap up, um, what were so how far are you into this 90 meetings in 90 days? I'm kind of interested in kind of like, oh, what has that Lord. been like, man? Let's, like, let's, let's just get real honest, right? Because, yeah. like, I'm like, we're 90 and 90, you know, because you hear that from anybody who's right. worth I mean, anybody who's you Anybody who's worth the is talking about 90 and 90, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I had real good inertia, like, like real good momentum. We're, we're rolling, like, I'm right. two a day for two weeks, and we're – 30 in and then we're 40 in and then i'm like well i'll just make up for that on wednesday and yeah i ain't gonna go wednesday but i'll go twice on friday i started with that bullshit again right? yeah, yeah and then you're like i gotta get to 19 on saturday yeah. what's, <laughs> what's today tuesday, the 18th tuesday wednesday the, eight, the 18th wednesday the 18th yeah uh, I haven't been since Sunday. Okay. See, like yeah. I'm slipping back. But yeah. what what I really think, and and maybe this is justifying, but I really wholeheartedly think that 90 and 90 just sets me up for for a habit, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a habit forming deal, right? Yeah. It's like the sm- see, I'm the elbow bending. Yeah, I wish yeah, they yeah. could see this. It's I'm doing this All the right, whole time. The little two finger grabbing yeah. move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm creating a habit, right? Mm-hmm. To go to a meeting. To go to a meeting. Yeah. And now I know, like, when my ass is falling off, like, that's what I'm going to go do. Mm-hmm. You know, I make, I'm making a, I'm being accountable. I'm showing up. I'm yeah. showing up. I'm showing up. I'm creating a new habit. And it shows somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so, most importantly, you're being accountable to yourself. Yeah. You know, you could have lied to us just now. Really easy. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, I, yeah. I'm, I'm on day 89, man. Yeah, we're there. Clap for no, me. You know? we're, but we're not. And yeah, I'm sure. not, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying, and I'm getting yeah. in the habit of going, you know. Yeah. You just keep coming back, and you hear that in these 12-step meetings everywhere. Keep coming back, Yeah. you know, and, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep coming back, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, when you – in also, as you – so how many days are you in? Are you, like, a couple months in, a month in, to your whole 90-day oh, thing? Oh, about a m- a little over a month. A little over yeah. a month. Are there some things that have come up, like, in the meetings and stuff that you're kind of like, huh, like, thought I had that totally under, you know, under control. Like, maybe I need to, like, focus on that a little more. Or, like, oh, I've come a long ways in this. Like, have there been some things, like, I guess, like, some perspective, like, some eye-openers? Yeah, like, I try not to man, compare, like, right? Yeah, yeah. comparing is, sure. like, really unhealthy. It'll, sure. it'll keep me from not coming back, right? Yeah. If I start looking sure. for the differences, yeah. I'll leave. Yeah. Every time, you yeah. know. So when I go, I try to look for the similarities. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like who's talking or I can't stand these people, because not everybody that's there is healthy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm dealing with, ugh. So I just close my eyes, right? And I just don't look at the person and I just hear what they have to say in lieu of who's saying it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just close my eyes and I just listen. And I take what I find to be useful and I apply it and I take it with me yeah. and I leave the rest behind, Yeah, you know? But sometimes I go to a meeting and it's just hot fire, dude. I just hear like the most badass 
I'm just like, oh, I needed that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. How come I didn't think of that? Yeah. You know, so simple, so just bad. You know. Yeah. And I'm just, and I get a lot out of it. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, it's not all that great, and it's a little stagnant, and there's some hurting people there. So what I try to do is I try to spring the solution. Right. If there's no solution, we just bring it with us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and at some point, it doesn't become, uh, it's, it's not about what can I take away from this interaction. It's what can I contribute. Sure. Just like getting off the dope, you know, before it was what can I, how can I capitalize on these sick people and my relatives and how can I, how can I get yeah. and take and take and take. And now my life mission is how can I be helpful? What can I do to be of service, mm -hmm. you know? So maybe it's not about. You know, what can I take from this meeting at day 89? Mm -hmm. What can I contribute? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And it seems like, you know, one thing that I'm trying to kind of work on in my life at this point is like, there's a lot of things that I just got to let go. Like in my daily life, that's frustrating. And it sounds like kind of in that meeting, you know, there's a, in those meetings, there's a, sometimes there's stuff that you're like, dude, I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm not trying to get too wrapped up in this right now actually like i don't really care too much about the content that's coming out right now and that's kind of a lesson in itself because it's hard to not for me at least like if there's stuff that i'm not really having a whole lot of taste for i'm like oh, i gotta just let this go you know i gotta not engage in this but it can be hard you know so even just kind of like not as even if you're not like tapping into stuff that you're like super loving just kind of like in a little more like healthy, like functional way, kind of not getting too stressed out about the things that you're not loving. It seems like a, you know, a positive thing too, right. you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It's all, it's all tough, but it's like these, it sounds like these programs and this whole support and the structure basically is like just way of living, man. And it's cool to hear actually. Yeah. <clears throat> this was great. Thank you, Zach. Um, CPHS, right? PCHS. Sorry. Can you have an address for us? Uh, no, but I got a phone number. My direct yeah, line is 420-4873 uh, or 395-4391. And you can reach Bud or I at that number, I mean, all day long, from yep. 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And do you help men or is it co or men We're, and women? There's a, there is female peer support okay. as well. Okay. Nice. So okay. that's and that's anybody, anybody yeah. struggling with uh, substance abuse issues, mental health, anything like that. And that's, yeah. Even and if like, you just need a ride, man. Yeah, yeah medical, says, yeah. medical, dental, all that. Life yeah. in Life. general, Life. it sounds yeah. like, you yeah. know. Yeah, give us a holler. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this and like you said, you know, do give them a holler. If you feel like you are trapped and you are ready and willing to be honest and get into recovery, Seemingly, <clears throat> PCHS, great place to start. Serenity Intake, also another great place here on Brinkley Street. Um, Binkley. Binkley, not Brinkley. <laughs> I say Brinkley every time. <laughs> That's like the third time today, oh, yeah. dude. It's cool. <laughs> but, yeah, get yourself plugged into these um, and prepare to you know change your life and live a better life. Prepare to get healthy. Thank you very much. This is you and I for the Kenai with Cobran, Eric, Aaron, and Zach. Thank you very much for listening.